Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur. We talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success, helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand. I'm your host, LZ, the mayor. Now let's get to it. All right. It sounds like I actually believe in this stuff in the intro. (laughs) I'm pumped up, man. That is good. (laughs) So as we do every single episode, firstly, thank you for your time. I know you're a busy, busy guy. You got a ton of things going on happening, but thank you for your time. Thank you for taking some time to, to share with us. Always a pleasure, brother. And the very next thing that I always ask my guests to do, Josh, is to give me their very best. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. So you went with the vintage. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. I'm working on a collage highlight reel of all the different. Oh, yeah's that I've gotten over the years. I've had the. Oh, yeah. Sang to me. I've had people like you couldn't imagine the level of oh yes that we've gotten over the years. So I appreciate you adding that to the mix of all time best. Oh, yes. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> I'm honored. <laughs> so just give us a two minute overview of who is Josh and what are you excited about these days? Yeah. Thanks, man. So real quick, I had this tattooed on my arm because I struggled with this so deeply. It says, who am I tattooed on my right arm? So who am I? That was one of the hardest questions as an entrepreneur, as a visionary to answer my whole life. So who I am? First of all, I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God. I'm a, I'm a king, according to what the work that Jesus did. I have a bunch of different businesses that I'm a part of, PR company, real estate stuff, insurance stuff, coaching, advising. Ultimately, my charter in life and living is to build kings. And I also do business and real estate on the side. So that's who I am. And then on the personal side, man, I'm a loving husband. I'm a, an incredible father. I'm a really good friend. And yeah, I'm sure we'll go from there. It's always interesting that sometimes when people are asked that question, they struggle with that question. When I was on your show, we talked a lot about self-mastery, self-discovery, reflection, and and really getting to that place. So just because I know you a little bit, I want to spend some time there. Talk about coming because you you didn't always answer that question so fluidly, right? I mean, there there had to be a time where when somebody asked you that question, you struggled. Talk about how you got to this place where you can really answer that question, you know, succinctly and as passionately as you do. Sure. Well, I think every form of clarity in our life has come from an area of massive lack of clarity or confusion. And for me, it was, I grew up and I've had, I had some big wins in my life at an early age, and then I lost it all. And I I remember standing on a a bridge because I felt my self-worth was tied up into, even though good intention, it was tied into 
the work I did or the amount I give or the amount I serve or what kind of title I had. So when all of that was kind of like reset and I had nothing, I was standing on a bridge and I felt worthless. And I'll tell you, this is when, if you believe in God and the enemy, you know, the maybe the good angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other, whatever the case may be. But I just felt like an attack of like my identity of like, you're worthless. You know, like you can't even provide for your family. You have to be on food stamps. Like you can't even get a job. Yeah, you have degrees and you have more education. You have licensures and you've built millions of dollars worth of stuff. But I, I truly felt worthless. And uh, no matter what anybody would tell me, like, oh, you're good at this or that, I didn't feel it. And I remember standing on the bridge, like thinking of diving off, doing a swan dive because I was, you know, former, you know, I did some government work, former firefighter medic, and I knew what it would take and what it would look like afterwards if I jumped off. And I just felt like, you know, like God asked me a, a simple question of who are you? And I go, I'm not going to cuss on your show. I love you. But I was like, I don't know who I am. And he goes, figure that out. And you're going to help a few dudes. And that was 10 years ago. So clarity doesn't come easy. It doesn't come cheap. It, it takes a lot of fighting through the fog to get to clarity. But I think I found it for myself and I'm trying to help others with it. And like I said, I also do business on the side. Yeah, I love that. Uh, the thing that stands out to me as you talk about that moment, that process is the fact that it's a process. And a lot of people think of self-discovery as this woo-woo thing that's, you know, you go and you pick lilies in the field and everything's, but really it's really ugly. It's really painful. It's really, it, it confronts you. You're confronted with the ugliness that is you because there's this self-accountability that has to happen and all this stuff. So it's a beautiful thing on the other side of it, but the process is not squeaky clean. So it's, it's really, really cool. And it's a blessing, right? To know that in those moments, right, then that's where God shows up, right? When you've done, you're, you're at the end of your rope, you don't know what else to do. That's where he gets the most glory. So that's a super, super cool. The reason I believe that that's related to podcasting is because podcasting is such a relational sport. It's such a hand-on-hand -hand contact sport. You really need to know who you are and who you are not in order for you to get the mileage out of this stuff. So that's why I wanted to spend some time there because for me, podcasting is so much deeper than just this, you know, popular medium that people are using to make revenue. It has literally been the thing that has given me the opportunity to live my dream. And I don't take that lightly, right? And and it's literally been the thing that has helped me in my journey of self-discovery. So, so it's a big deal in my book, podcasting. And that's why I wanted to really hit on that. Now, you think differently about podcasting. Share those different thoughts with us. Well, I've built maybe 10 of them. I uh, sold one. I've had one that hit iTunes top of charts and and I was sitting next, you know, like if people went on iTunes, you would see my face next to like famous people, right? Who had baller audiences. And this was early days of podcasting. And uh, people would send me a message like, oh man, look at you, you're crushing it. And I was going broke doing it. Like at one point, the podcast, you know, software that you put the podcast out to the podcast world, it's not expensive, like 20 bucks a month or something like that. At one point while building my super popular show, my super successful show, I couldn't even afford to pay that. 20 bucks a month. I couldn't pay it. I had to shut it down and close out my show because of that. Right. So 
after building them, I found that there was a value. And people would tell me, Josh, if you could learn how to monetize your relationships, if you could learn how to monetize your network, if you could learn how to put people together and deals together, you're going to be successful. And it freaking took me a long, 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 long time to discover this model. Lots of trials, lots of tribulations, a lot of saying I'm sorry and giving people their money back, a lot of banging my head against the wall. But one day, it was like this. I was doing a podcast interview on show number 10 or something like that that I built, right? And I built a lot of them. I've done over 1,500 interviews. And I was interviewing someone. And then afterwards, they said, Josh, how can we work together? And in the past, I would try to sell them a LinkedIn training or coaching or something like that. And what I did is I actually paused for a minute and I said, during the interview, you said you had a problem with this. I interviewed a guy who said he could do those kind of things. Would you be open to an introduction? And he's like, please. So I called up my buddy and I said, hey, I've got a referral for you. And they said, great, man, send him over. I'll pay your referral fee. I'm like, I didn't even think about it. I just sent him over. And I showed up to my mailbox and there was 500 bucks in there for that. And I go, holy moly, I just made money through putting a relationship together. So then I went back to the drawing board. And I closed down that one show and I stood up a few others. Bam, bam, bam. Focused around things around that I have the ability ability to do. I have a real estate brokerage. Why not do a show about real estate? I have an insurance company. Why not do stuff about insurance and commercial real estate? And then I have partners that do that. So like now, before everyone in the world, I'm going to go one more rant for you. Do I have another minute for a rant? I love rants. Okay. Everyone in the world is chasing an audience. The first thing people ask you is they go, how big is your audience? How many downloads you got? How many that? And to be honest, I was making money and the show wasn't even up yet. So I was like, I don't know. And they're like, well, you need to do this and you need to do that. And I was like, well, have you done it? Well, no, but that's what so-and-so guru says. I was like, well, I just made money with no audience. And they're like, what? I was like, yeah, I just, I made $20,000 over here. And the, uh, like, I have no audience. I, I, I made 500 bucks over here from a, like, he didn't even hear the interview. I just made an introduction. It's like the audience you have no control over. So I was like, why in the world am I trying to compete with a Grant Cardone or a so-and-so or TikTok guy or something who has a million? Why am I competing with them? They got more money than me. And they're really good at getting the big audience and showing their Lamborghinis. I have a 2006 Dodge Ram diesel big truck that I love and I'm going to give to my son one day. Nobody wants to see like, here's the coolest truck in the world. No, it's, it's a farm truck. It's a cool truck. But I don't have a Lamborghini. I don't have Rolexes. I don't have that stuff. So I stopped worrying about the audience. I focused on a community of people. All you need is about 100 people that you serve. And then I would use guests and work with guests to help them in their business. And then I'd introduce them to my community. And then I put deals together. And now I'm getting paid from all these different resources. And I get to do what I love to do is meet people, hear their story, share my testimony about God and about my life, share things about business and help support other people, invest in things. That's all I do all day. And now I build those programs through my PR firm. And I, I work with people like you who could do the work much better than me, right? So strategic relationships, strategic alliances. That's the difference of the podcasting. Everybody else is just chasing vanity metrics that don't matter. Nobody has ever who's liked, commented, I've got 22,000 followers on LinkedIn. Nobody's ever paid my electric bill because they're my follower. Nobody. But when I send business to another business or I open up a real estate deal or do another insurance deal or put together another strategic partnership, I'm making money and I'm adding value. And I'm not worried about go, Josh, go. I'm worried about how do we make this thing go? How do we make money?
Now, you do realize that might be a bit controversial, right? Because when most people think about podcasting, downloads, followers, all that is generally the first part of the conversation. So, but I love it because I, I completely agree. When I, um, when I started Enterprise Now, I started in my car. It was the middle of June in Wisconsin. So it's, it's extremely hot on my lunch break hiding. So I, I had my seat leaned all the way back so nobody could see me because I didn't want any my coworkers to know that I was doing a podcast. And I literally didn't care if anybody listened. My only goal was to build relationships with business people who could help me get the knowledge, the wisdom and the, the skills that I needed to get the heck out of there. <laughs> and so that has worked. You know, today I've built relationships. I've gotten opportunities. I've built a business based on my podcast. So so both hands up in agreement to what you, everything that you said is true. But I think going back to the knowing yourself, your journey and discovery, the key is understanding what game you're playing. Would you agree? Hmm. Explain. I like that. So for example, some people are playing that game where they need the downloads, they need the followers because that's the business they're in. If you're a Joe Rogan, if you're a famous actor, that's the game you're playing. But if you're not, then that's not the game you're playing. The problem is when you're over here and it's in your relationship focused and you're looking at the game over here and you're like, well, why don't I have this? Well, that's because you're playing the wrong game. Yeah. You will always lose the game you don't know you're playing. So people have said it this way. You'll always lose a battle you don't know you're in. So a spin, a spin on the mayor is you'll always lose the game you don't know you're in. Right. Huh. I like it, man. We'll co-brain that together. Yes. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about the skills, things that people can take away practically. Right. We've talked about it's about relationships. We talked about it's about strategic partnerships. It's about really building a community, a tight knit community or your tribe and serving them. What are some specific skills and that you've learned and gained over the years that you can share with us? I'm going to start with my weaknesses. Here are some weaknesses that have cost me a lot of money if I try to figure that out, right? So I am not a systems, a process, a task-driven person. I am not on the DISC scale. I am I have no S or C. I am high I with D, right? Like my right wing D. Like I know my job, my only job should be meeting people, putting deals together, strategic advisory. But anytime I get into production, anytime I get into some type of report or deliverable, it's just not going to be good. And in the past, I have tried to do that because I have, you, you always have to try things. You always have to test out new models. And we tried things that I had to give money back. And I said, hey, we tried to run this campaign that required me to do this and I failed. Here's your money back and I'm sorry. So I think, you know, as we're doing this, some of the the skill sets that are transferable is like focus on your strengths, focus where you're good, focus on the things that drive you. And if you're just doing this to get an audience, man, go dance in a bunny suit or something like that. You'll you'll get likes and comments from there and hopefully you make money spinning signs or dancing like that. But like if you're in this game, the podcast game to grow your business, to make an impact, which you could do both, which I love talking about that, then man, stop, stop going after those kind of things. Focus on your strengths, focus on a deliverable, interview someone that you want to do a deal with, right? And have something of very clear path for them to engage with you. I'm going to pause there because I, I could probably run a few others, but like, that's the main point there. Yeah. The thing that I love about you, Josh, is you're, you're very, very 
very good at what you do. And I think it goes back not to beat a dead horse, but it goes back to knowing who you are, what your lane is, what you're good at, what you're not good at, what you love, what you don't love. How are you going to make impact? Who do you want to make impact for? Those are all the same skills and same themes that you need as you're building your podcast. So I know the topic is, is right. We're using podcasts to make deals. But all of that stuff is foundational because if you don't know that stuff is going to be very difficult for you to make the type of deals that are going to give you that are going to yield the impact that you want. So talk about some of the lessons. I heard you mention one of them. Sometimes you've had to return uh, money because it just didn't work out. Talk about that process, because that's not easy to be to admit that something didn't work. And it's also not easy to admit that it was because of you, like taking that accountability. Sure. Man, that's hard. It's hard because for me, I want to be liked. I want to be validated. I want to feel important. I want to feel like I'm making a difference and such. And people have trusted me with their money. Hey, go do this. And sometimes it doesn't work. Like sometimes in business, things don't work, right? Like I had an idea. I thought it was good. It depended on a few variables. And then life happened and it didn't work. So I can either hide, right? Well, there's a temptation where like, ho- hopefully they never talk to me again. And you know, like I can scoot by, but like, this is a small world. The podcast world is a small world, even though there's millions of podcasts or whatever. I don't want to be known as a guy who doesn't show up, doesn't admit that he's wrong. Like I've had people that I've had to return money back and they go, Hey, cool. Let me know when you're on to the next one. Cause I built trust, you know, like maybe that was a $6,000 gig. Next time I bring a 10,000, they'll be careful, but they'll be open to it. Like they even said, Hey, when you're ready for the next one, let us know. I built trust and I try to do that. And I've made mistakes and I try to make them right, but I'm always moving forward. So other actionable things, man, have a plan. Like try to create a plan. That's hard for me. So like the process of writing it out, hiring a consultant, having them take a look at it, having them take a look at your processes and your deliverables. A lot of times as for a visionary, if you just go through that process, you'll go, man, that can make me money, but I don't want to do that. So then scrap it. Do something that you're going to actually enjoy because that's what you're going to be passionate about. That's what you're going to sell. You know, like find out the kind of people. This is a big one. This is probably... So know yourself. That's that's number one. But then know the kind of people that you want to work with. Like having that a clear picture, not who's willing to pay, but who do you actually want to be with? Because you're going to spend a lot of times working with your clients, especially if you're doing higher ticket item stuff. So like you might as well work with the people that you enjoy doing, whether it's a philanthropy, whether it's a CEO or a leadership team, whether it's uh, an impact group or an investment group or whatever the case may be. Find out the people that you jam will jam well with. Hang out with them. Find a way to serve them. Those are a few. So know, know yourself, know what you, what brings you joy is the, my, my LZ interpretation. Find people you want to and like to work with and take accountability, do things that will make an impact. And I hope this is okay. Well, I want to play a quick game with you, Josh. <laughs> sure. Because I know that you're really, really good at this. So we're going to play. How would Josh sell it? Okay. All right. So I like I'm, this I'm, game. I'm totally we making need this music up for this. <laughs> I'm totally making this up on the fly. Okay. Okay. So I did this to myself. Let me see. I am a music producer that wants to start a podcast. How would I use my podcast to make deals? Oh, yeah. Awesome. So 
and anybody in the industry in the music music producer world, right? So you want to let's say you want to get a score for music or an artist or uh, other podcasters, right? So you start writing out the people who need a music producer, right? So let's just use podcasting real quick. So you're a music producer and you are really good at making jingles. You're really good at mastering audio. You're really good at creating like you know cool intros and outros, like you have a good voice or something like that. Like find really popular podcast, like listen to their intro, listen to that stuff, send them a free one, record something, record a little beat and send that and just say, Hey, I really like your stuff. I would listen to your episodes. I just wanted to bless you. Here you go. You do that a few times. They're going to throw it on the front and then you're going to be in front of their audience. Every time they play that and they're going to be like, Hey, someone from our audience sent us this new intro. Take a listen to this. This is from, you know, LZ in, you know, somewhere up in the frigid cold up north. And then they hear your jam. They go, Hey, special thanks to LZ. If anybody, and then they're going to promote you and then they're going to highlight you. Okay. So that's in the podcast world. If you have a podcast yourself and you want to sell deals and such like that, interview artists. Say, Hey, I'm, I'm interviewing a new independent artist today and they're going to come on and talk about their stuff. And then we're going to jam together. I took one of their, I, I'm going to surprise them. I took one of their, their original hits and I mastered it for them. They don't know this yet. And I added some stuff to that. So you're having a talk with them and you say, Hey, I want to give you something. Let me play your music. And they go, Wow, you listen to my music and you mastered it and you maybe added your spin and you added a short clip and now it's a part of their intro. They're like, man, that was thoughtful. How can we work together? Right. So, and then, or the movie world, right? Like you're looking for independent artists or, you know, you have to work your way up. Everything you do in this world, you have to work your way up. But you could go to these people and you could show your flair through your podcasting and they could see what you can do. So that, that that's some ways, man. Like that was fun for me. I blacked out for a minute, but. <laughs> Hopefully I didn't mumble. <laughs> he gets this, you get this look on your face when you get in that mode. And the reason I did that is because a, a lot of times we do all the setup, the tech, the, the strategy and all the stuff. But if you want to use your podcast to make deals, you have to know how to sell. Totally. Period. Yeah. Like you don't make deals unless you know how to sell. It doesn't matter how great your podcast looks, how great it sounds, how well you interview. None of that matters. Maybe a little bit. But the bottom line is, <laughs> is you have to know how to sell. So thank you for playing. You knocked it out of the park. I want to become a music producer podcaster now. It's like, okay, Josh just gave me some some tips on on how to make that thing happen. So thank you for, for being a good sport. <laughs> that was yeah. totally on the fly. <laughs> that was fun, man. I like it. So what what other things should we be thinking about, right? We've talked about a lot of of really really cool nuggets on how to use podcasts to make deals. What kind of deals? Let's talk about some of the deals that that you've made because I want to I want to highlight you. I want to to, you know, share with the people, with the listener just how awesome you are. Thank you. I appreciate you. And then if we can at the end, I'd like to leave some space for mission. So, if you have if I have your permission to go there later on. But when it comes to deal making, right? Like I'm in real estate. I have a real estate brokerage, right? So let's just say you're a real estate investor or in real estate world and you want to get more real estate deals. Let's say commercial or investors, right? So you want to grow your real estate business and you have a real estate license or something like that, or you're a real estate investor looking for more deals. Why not interview other people in the industry? Because we all do a thing that's called co-brokering, right? When you list a property, put a sign in the front yard and you say 6% commission, 3% for anybody who brings me a buyer. So let's just say that you're doing an interview 
and you hear someone and they go, you know, I want to buy a house in Antarctica, whatever. It doesn't matter, right? And you could refer someone from your community to that property and get a 3% commission or a referral fee. You could do a 25% referral fee on the buyer sell side. So you could be interviewing people and they go, during the interview, you could go, what kind of real estate deals do you like? And they go, man, I love industrial. You go, cool. If I find you something, like after the show, you say, hey, if I find you an industrial property, would you be open to looking at it? And they go, yeah, sure. I told you my specs. I told you the kind of deals that I like. I told you what I don't like. And the whole time you're interviewing them, you're really qualifying them. You're finding out exactly what kind of deal they want. So after the interview, you say, hey, man, I actually have a deal for you. Let me send it over and see if it's something you'd be open to. They're always going to say yes, especially if they just said, these are the kind of deals that I'm looking for. So real estate's just an easy one. Software business, similar, right? Like you can be interviewing people that use your type of software and you can say, what do you look for? When you look for software, how do you know this works or that works, right? So you can you could be interviewing, which is a sales call, business development call. You could be interviewing and leveraging it as a business development thing. So I think it works for almost any industry. I think in the B2B world, the investor world, it works a little bit better. But man, you could use this for anything. So what about mission? What would you like to share? Yeah. So on show number seven or eight, you know, like, that I built, I was walking around and I was going through a really hard time in life, like really hard time getting beat down, just got burned out of a couple hundred grand. And I felt like, I was like, why do I keep, why do I keep making the same mistakes in my life? You know, like I would look at wisdom and I'd say, man, wisdom is learning from the mistakes of others. I, for some reason, kept on making the same mistake over and over myself. So during this process, I don't know why I'm not trying to self-deprecate, but like I'm going through all these struggles and men kept on showing up and going, will you coach me? Will you work with me? And I'm like, do you see all these failures? And they're like, yeah, that's why we want to work with you. We don't want to screw up like you do. So I, I was like, okay. So I started thinking about this. And one day I'll spend some time with God and I felt him say, I want you to, I want you to start a show for men. I'm like, well, God, how does it make money and this and that? You know, my, my brain goes on the deal. Silence. So I was like, okay, at some point I just need to be obedient. So I started a show called Uncensored Advice for Men. I would just interview people and I, you know, from pastors to porn stars, and I would just say, What advice do you have for men? And they would share their story. And then what happened is I started interviewing coaches and counselors, therapists, doctors, psychologists. And as I was struggling through life and depression, anxiety, I was struggling through issues, through the death of my father and, and best friend, and through the fears of the pandemic and COVID and all, I was struggling deeply with my mindset, with my emotions. And I was interviewing people. And then I forgot it was even recording. And I was asking them questions about my own life. How do I be a good dad? How do I find my purpose? How do I get through grief? And all these questions. I forgot we were recording. And then afterwards, they'd be like, Josh, that was a great episode. And I was like, I just got, I was in therapy for a while. So like I was getting help and then I would just publish it. And then dudes from my audience were reaching in going, Hey, Josh, that was really meaningful. Like, thank you for sharing. And you're sharing your story. And, and, you know, like then it got to a point where my business on the other side was picking up and I, I still kept this one alive because I was getting help. My community was getting help. It wasn't quite making money at that time, and but it was like it was missionally driven. And then it started to connect with mission and then it started making money. And I was like, man, this is really fun. 
and I enjoy it. It gives me life. I could, I'm doing two to three, four interviews a day, but like it, it has a mission. It's making money. It's fun for me. I'm meeting incredible people. I'm growing myself, my relationships and my network's growing. So like I, I did this and I, this is where I think you're in, when you're in your sweet spot, you're doing what you love for the people that you love and it's sustaining you and your family. Like that's when I know that I'm in my jam. So it's like you can do mission while still making money. That's kind of like my motto. Like you got to, the margin is in the, the mission is in the margin, right? You got to be profitable or you can't just hand out money you don't have, right? So like, why not do something that does both good and, you know, good for a cause you believe in? So, man, I, I like leveraging them together. And, you know, you, on the selfish side of it, you know, I was getting help. People were helping me and it was helping my audience at the same time. So like, I love the mission side of media as well. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think when you are getting to the point where you are attracting opportunity, you're attracting people and, and people to your community, that is, uh, to, to, to use a Josh term, that's your sweet spot, right? Man, time flies. So we're about out of time. But Josh, before we say goodbye, what's the one big takeaway from our conversation about using podcasts to make deals? Yeah. So we didn't discuss this. Starting a podcast, especially if you like people, there's a lot of work involved, music and this and that. Like it'll never be perfect ever, ever, ever. So before you go through the process of like, this got to be perfect. I, I know guys who've been building a, writing a book or building a podcast for 10 years that never launched. Like that to me is sad. Like in terms of like, not like, oh, that's sad and I have pity. I'm like, man, how many people didn't get helped? How many people didn't get reached with your message of hope or change or whatever, because you had to be perfect, right? Like, so I think the big thing is, man, if this is on your heart to build a podcast show, to meet people, to do deals, to do some type of mission or whatever, you got to do it, right? And wisdom says, learn from someone else. Elsie, you have tons of experience. You've built a ton of podcasts more than me. So like someone getting started, they should work with someone like you because it's going to save them time. There is a cost, but it's going to save them time, energy, and you, it's going to save you so much money, like leveraging the help of someone else. You could pay for coaching or maybe one of your training programs or maybe just have you do it, right? The ROI on that is massive. So I'm self-plugging you because like people should get started, get support and move forward and focus on your strengths. Yeah, totally agree. And I, I appreciate the plug. You know, I had a mentor once that told me, he said, LZ, find your own potholes to fall into. Don't fall into the same potholes that I fell into. Make your own. So sage advice. Josh, if people want to reach out to you, learn more about what you do to do a deal with you or to just say hi, how can they do that? Yeah, three ways. Josh at PR.Ventures. That's my email address. My cell phone is 352-274-4500. And my favorite way is on LinkedIn. If you search Joshua Bruce Wilson or Joshua Wilson you know, at PR Ventures, you'll find me. Send me a connection request. I've got some space left. I'd love to connect with some people and, and see how I can help. Cool, cool. Thanks again, Josh. Yeah, man. If you got value from today's show, we want you to join the Enterprises Elite email list for more nuggets and resources. And remember, no excuses, just execution. Go get it.
What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.